Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 122 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Nicole Poirier. Nicole lives in San Francisco, where she is a special diets chef who works in personal transformation and nutritional healing. And she has just released a new book called Intermittent Fasting Cookbook. Welcome, Nicole. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad to talk to you. Yeah, we were um, introduced by, it was Melanie, right? Melanie Avalon. exactly. My co-host for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. And so you asked me to write a little blurb about your your new book, and I was was glad to do that. So nice to see you face-to-face, even though the audience can't see you. I can see you. Yay. (laughs) Yes. So I like to start by asking, you know, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So 
What brought me to intermittent fasting is that I am a huge fan of of science-backed methods of healthfully losing weight. And yes, a lot of us have been brought to this method for weight loss. And I had started keto actually in 2016 and found some great success, lost 40 pounds really quickly. And then due to some, you know, family tragedies and, and stress coming in, I basically hit a three year or two, two and a half year stall. Oh gosh. Yes. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it was a maintenance. So I still feel like maintaining is maintaining any loss like that, I think is a huge success. It's not like, um, you know, you have to do everything all at once. And in fact, in kind sight, one of my favorite words, you know. that I love that word, kind sight. Love it. Kind sight. I'm glad it took a little bit longer because there was some more, you know, inner work that had to be done for that bo- the rest of my body to accept transformation. So at any rate, in 2018, I was reading about keto and, and stumped across something by Dr. Jason Fung. And so, of course read that first book, you know, The Complete Guide to Fasting, and was just fascinated. And I said, wow, this makes sense. Why not give this a go? And also, I I continue to do research into the different methodologies and lean gains and warrior style and what have you, or alternate day fasting, 5-2. I'm I'm a nerd. I'm going to be honest, Jen, I'm a total reading nerd and I want to know everything it. about everything. I've read them all too. I've read <laughs> yes. all, all the books. I get it. Yeah. Yes. So, and one day I just said, okay, let's try this. Let's try a little 16-8 action. And what do you know? All of a sudden I wasn't stalled anymore. Love it. And not only was I not stalled anymore, like the great clarity low-carb living had already given me it was like a new layer had been peeled from that from that onion. You know, everything was brighter. I had all this more more energy. And I was already quite satisfied, like, with the way I felt. I didn't know I could feel better. And then I did. And now that's huge. There's no turning back, you know, to go from feeling good to feeling great. Yeah, that really is huge. Because I think it's true. So many of us wouldn't have said, hey, I feel terrible. And then you make that little change. And then all of a sudden, you feel so much better, you didn't even realize. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, huge. So are you still low carb now? Oh, yes. Okay. I am pretty low carb. But I do find that it's not that I don't find low um, keto living sustainable. I think it absolutely can be because I'm a vegetable lover. And I, you know, will always go, I'll probably stay under the 50 carbs as opposed to like the 20 carbs that the stricter keto diets follow. That said, when I know I have an event or I I know I'm going to go to a party, what I end up doing is extending my fast and enjoying whatever I want, what, you know, for that time. I have one food allergy. I'm allergic to gluten. So that's something I will avoid no matter what happens. But apart from that, there's always time for for an ice cream cone or garlic fries at a baseball game, you know, if, well, when there are baseball games. <laughs> well, that's true. One day. One day. <laughs> so many things we took for granted, right? Yes. Yes. I remember when I was recording podcasts early in the pandemic, we we're like, well, let's don't even really mention it because it should be over soon. 
we're like, oh, okay, no, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, everyone. It's, it's not ever soon. Anyway, yes. I love that you are not dogmatic with the point that, you know, a potato will never cross your lips ever again. Oh, gosh, no, no. And in fact, the book I wrote, the Intermittent Fasting Cookbook, it covers it's it covers omnivore like it right. covers every every diet it covers you know i think there's room for everything in a person's life there's some ingredients that are probably more benef- or more detrimental than beneficial and but i'm still never going to say that any food is bad no matter what regime you follow so and the point is you know how you frame the your plate most of the time versus like you said those special occasions because even if we you're like you know like give me some examples of some of the foods that you would gravitate away from i know gluten doesn't work for you but in general like foods that you think are probably not best for most of us foods that i think that aren't best for most people like sugary drinks right i think they're kind of a waste of time they don't really have any I mean, they're tasty and stuff, you know, and but they don't have any nutritional beneficial value. So like, I would choose either and I would choose like a kombucha over a soda. I would choose kombucha over a diet soda, even on any day, because you're still going to get low carb. It'll be a little bit lower sugar. You know, there's no high fructose corn syrup, and then you get the probiotic benefits. So I kind of aim for the beneficial over uh, detrimental ingredients. Let me see. Anything else that I would really avoid? No, no. <laughs> there's not. There's not. Like, I mean, no. I like a hot dog sometimes. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Me too. It's been a while, but there, you know, a good hot dog at a baseball game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> With the cheese fries. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. You know, right. it's just I think a really highly highly processed uh, snack foods are something I. I just also think are a waste of time. Like if I want a potato chip, I might have potato chip, but I'll probably go for something that's really simple and like, you know, fried in a decent oil as opposed to a molded and formed shape. Exactly. You know, a chicken nugget chip. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like Pringles, right? Pringles are the ones. I didn't want to say it. They I got know, it's okay. I didn't want to hurt Pringles feelings. Sorry, Pringles. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I knew that's what you meant. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that's funny because they're all exactly the same shape and they're in their little cylinder. And, yes. Yeah. Oh. They make me think of the 70s. Yeah. They make me think of hangovers, to be really uh, honest. <laughs> like you were, like in my 20s. We were, yeah, oh, yeah. We always yeah. had them. on. I used to work on, on boats and that was like everyone's favorite hangover food. Oh, that's funny. To be brutally honest, you know. But yeah, so funny. I get what you said. You know, you said instead of a sugary drink, you choose kombucha, but it gives you that same, you know, that same feeling, you know, of, uh, you know, you may have gravitated towards a different drink in the past, but the kombucha hits those same high points and you feel like you're having that sugary soda, but you're not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it gives you the same pleasure. Those substitutions, I think those are huge, you know, as I have evolved really over my intermittent fasting lifestyle. You know, when I first was living the intermittent fasting lifestyle, I did not eat, it, you know, well at all. I chose, I chose, I don't think I chose Pringles, but I sure chose Doritos. You know, yeah, that was my. Yeah. <laughs> different. It's the same thing. Also it, delicious. It is, yeah. you know, also but delicious, but. Scientifically configured to get you like to eat the entire bag for real, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that bliss point that, I don't know, the perfect 
combination of sweet, salty, and and everything. It's like totally tricking our brains. And and I think that the transition, I would love more people to understand that the transition doesn't have to be overnight. I know for you, it wasn't overnight. For me, it, it wasn't, wasn't. It was not overnight. It was like many years. And it's okay for things to progress, you know, with a relative, you know, slowness. Like, because we have our whole lives ahead of us. We just want to like, get there step by step, right? So it's true. And it, it is very much step by step. You know, it's taken me I, I look back 2014 is when I really, you know, cemented my intermittent fasting lifestyle. And the way I ate in 2015 into 2016 was different. And then 2016 into 2017, I started making changes. Even now, over six years in, I just made a huge tweak, I realized, I really don't feel great when I when I drink a lot of alcohol at all. So I'm experimenting with being alcohol free, which is a huge shift for me. Yeah. I feel so much better. It's really I've kind of made that transition as well Have like of, over the last few years and and absolutely there's always this going to be room for bubbles when I want right. bubbles and yeah. the gin and tonic or you know like whatever, whatever. However, the less I incorporate it into my lifestyle, the more energy clarity I have and like just I wake up with this fresh feeling like ooh I just how did I wake up with these 17 new ideas but I write them down really quickly so oh I do the same thing my my ideas pop in in the shower <laughs> I, I jump out of the shower and have to write them down really fast <laughs> but but yeah the clarity is just amazing and you know I've I've been a glass of wine drinker for years you know glass of wine with dinner most nights and Giving that up has made me feel so much better. Like, I'm not going to say I will never in a million years ever have another drink, but wow, I'm feeling so good. But again, this has taken me years to get to this point and to realize I like feeling good. And I I think alcohol is keeping me from feeling my best. So I haven't actually said it on the podcast till right oh, now. So wow. people will probably be shocked. <laughs> well, I'm I'm honored that you've shared it with me. And I think it just brings up a really good point is that uh, it's there's such an emotional attachment, not just to alcohol or to sugary soda. It's just people have emotional attachments to food in general that it's hard to step back from. And so it's it's more difficult to realize that it's not making you feel good because you're like, it made me feel good when I was 10. You know, like I used to love to eat entire yeah. loaves of bread when I was 10. I didn't, I just thought having a stomachache all the time was normal. You know, like oh my gosh, <laughs> entire center of an Italian loaf of bread. I grew up in Rhode Island, and there's amazing bakeries. I didn't, you know, I was I would do that. It was hard initially to give up gluten, but once I realized how much it hurt, my like it literally hurts my body. Right. I was like, wow, not worth it. This is this is okay. Let's let's take a step. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories 
promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's huge. I love what you said about the emotional attachment, because really, for me, that's what it was, an emotional attachment to the idea of having that glass of wine with dinner. I'm like, I am a grown-up. This is a grown-up way to be. I love the wine. It's delicious. And then I'm like, wait, I'm not sleeping. Wait, I'm... (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I switched to my wine. I was drinking dry farm wines, which I'm still a huge fan of, yeah. by the way. But oh, yes. are you a dry farm wine drinker? I love dry farm wines. And also I've discovered another similar one called Scout and Cellar. They're just yep. like on the same page, all that natural, yeah. no added no added or residual sugars. and But again, I indulge with Rarely. relative infrequency, you know. like Well, I also realized, I looked at my DNA analysis and... I ran it through a, a different company that I hadn't used before, and they popped out something I hadn't seen. I am a slow alcohol metabolizer, Ooh. which was like, oh, <laughs> it explains everything. You know, in my first book, Delay Don't Deny, I talked about a, a famous bourbon incident where I all of a sudden had too much bourbon because I hadn't had enough to eat. But, you know, the story of my life with drinking at parties was I'd be fine, and then all of a sudden I realized I had too much. And it was just, I think – my body just does not clear alcohol quickly. I kind of so want to get like, this test. Can you tell yeah. me which one it was? Because seriously, I feel the same thing. I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then, you know, you get home, you're like, whoa. Well, I'll, I'll say it to you after this. I don't want to yeah. say it just because I haven't found a DNA analysis company that I'm like all on board with recommending because all of them have weird things that they say in their okay. <laughs> analysis. Okay. You know, I've used a few, but I'll tell you what it was. But it was a huge light bulb moment for me. And I'm like, oh. Well, my body really is not metabolizing this well. Why am I trying so hard? But it is that emotional attachment. So I've replaced it just like you talked about replacing, you know, having kombucha instead of a a sugary soda. I'm having a a glass of, in my wine glass, I'm having organic coconut water. Oh, nice. Oh, I love it. And it's like making me feel that celebratory feeling of having the beautiful glass and a daily ritual with something that is making me feel great when I'm done drinking it and not like, gosh, I feel awful. Why did I do that? So. And there are some great coconut waters out there. My, I love that Harmless Harvest. I don't know if you've tried that one. I haven't had that one. I'll have to try it. Harmless Harvest. It okay. literally, it's on the more expensive scale of quick coconut waters, but it literally tastes like Thailand. You know, like oh. I've spent, I've been in Thailand and had the, co- I've had, co- I love coconuts. I like, I do too. Nobody's business. And I, I have them fresh anywhere I go. And I've traveled quite a bit. Thailand has the best tasting ones that I've experienced. And this tastes like just fresh, cold, chilled coconut on the side of the road in Thailand. 
Well, I'm going to have to try that yes. then. I'll have to see if I can find it around me somewhere locally here in Georgia because that sounds like it's just, you know, replacing one habit with another. Yes. And I'm sleeping great and waking up feeling refreshed every single yep. day instead of like, I shouldn't have had two glasses of wine. <laughs> anyway, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> I have faith so, in you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's go back back to 2018 when you started intermittent fasting and you jumped in with 16-8. How did, how did your weight loss pick up at that point? You know, it had literally been so steady. Like there was, mm-hmm. it was, I think at that point. So I had lost 40 pounds. I started at 265. And so I think I was 225. We're going to get into the nitty gritty here, but hovering between 225 oh, yeah. and 230. And it just started coming off half a pound at a time, like, you know, like a pound a week or two pounds a week. I think the first week was probably five pounds. And I said, Oh, that's lovely. Plus, all of a sudden, I'm getting these other benefits of like I was talking about of the the boosted energy. And I said, you know what, I'm just gonna keep going this way. And also, it takes a lot of pressure off of your day in 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 a way. Now, I mean, I've mentioned I'm a chef. And so it's literally, my food is my job. I have to think about it and touch it all the time. This also, and taste it. Like I can't serve things to clients or deliver them or what have you without knowing that they're perfect. That's, that's, that's what they're paying me for, you know? And, and oftentimes it's really specific dietary requirements my clients will, will have. That's my, that's my niche. So 16.8 also gave me ability to work like I could, I could fit that into my existing lifestyle. And I was still working quite a few days a week. So that that really added to it. That's huge. Yes. And then I started reading about the magic of autophagy. Love it. And I said, wow. I mean, I went and like, read that Nobel, <laughs> the, the Nobel, everything, like, just like, I'm such a nerd. And um, I said, you know, Another thing that people often think about with weight loss is loose skin. I'm going to be, you know, it's a really, it's a really important topic that people are very concerned about. This is another reason for the kind sight that I mentioned to you, you know, like if things hadn't come off with relative slowness, I might be experiencing a lot more. And I'm so glad that I had that opportunity to learn about autophagy. That's almost, you know, taken that worry away. And I... I'm still in the losing process, though I've, you know, in this last, I would say, nine months have transitioned from giving a hoot about weight loss to only caring about fat loss. And I'm in total, total body recomposition mode at this point. And building muscle is more important to me and getting to a goal body fat percentage is what's important to me. And I'm going to say my skin is is tight, it's taut, it's elastic. There's a little bit, you know, loose here and there, but I'm fully down. I'm down 65 pounds wow. and like total. So I'm like two, you know, I still weigh about 200, between 200 and 205. And I'm 5'8". And that is, is going to sound like an extremely intimidating number to a lot of people. They're like, I don't want to weigh that much. Let me tell you, when I started this journey, I was size 22. I'm size eight. Wow. Eight at 200 pounds. Okay. I went, I had to go shopping yesterday 
to buy new workout clothes because mine are literally falling off. And I love that. I love it. Yeah. You know? That's a huge lesson that I think people can take away because, you know, you don't have this this number like, you know, I've got to weigh this exact number on the scale. And yeah. so often people do. There was somebody just the other day and she was like, I'm so upset. I, I want to weigh and I'm just going to make some numbers up. Yeah, like, sure, sure. These were not her exact numbers, but I want to weigh 130 pounds. That is my goal. And every time I get there, I bounce back up to 132 and she was like super upset. And she's like, I just want to weigh 130. And I'm like, stop. You know, it's valid. Nobody like, can see that, that, that swap. But that's just a magic number that you have in your brain that is meaningless. I mean, maybe you felt great at 130 at a time of your life. That's really probably what it what it is attached to. You know, like I remember a weight that I felt great at. But my body is completely different now. So you know, 130 for her today with intermittent fasting and her body fat percentage. She may be leaner at 132 yes. than she used to be at 125. Even. Yes, yes. I mean, I like I want I want to take that moment though to validate her feelings. Like it's right. how she feels in her skin. But like, yeah, I have when I have clients who are like, "Can you help me lose five pounds in two weeks?" And I, you know, I get the information from them and you know find out that. According to BMI, which I don't have anything nice to say about, they're the perfect <laughs> they're the perfect weight, right? And so, and when anyone wants to lose between zero and five pounds, it ha- I honestly believe it has zero to do with weight. It has everything to do with how they feel in their skin, right? You know, and yes, I agree with you. It could be how they felt great at that weight. It could be because we read an article saying that. You know, like women should weigh less than 140. Like I seriously wanted to be 140 or less because that's what I read that men liked in some Cosmo when I was like 18, you know, and if I lost 60 pounds now, you can see me. I don't. Right. I I would be gone. I would be gone. Well, I mean, you, you're, you're wearing a size eight. What would happen? 60 pounds is a lot of pounds. Yeah, you yes. not yeah. lose 60 more pounds. And, you know, the whole frustration with scale numbers is why I ultimately threw my, my traditional yes. scale away back in, like, 2017. Yes. And I haven't seen my scale numbers since then just because I – wanted to see a certain number. I'm like, this is ridiculous. At that time, I was, you know, buying size zero. I still am fitting into those clothes, by the way, that I bought that year. But, you know, I was buying size zero and saying, but I want to see such and such on the scale. I'm like, wait, what? Why? Yeah. Yeah. So I can, you know, buy a double zero. No, that's ridiculous. That's yeah. not what I need need to do. And so I was like, I've got to disconnect from that number and focus on my body. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, this is a slight tangent, but I hopefully like, you know, this this pandemic that we're experiencing is is winding down. But I think I feel like it's given us all this opportunity to have the quiet to really get in touch with our the, what our body's saying, because we're not able to go, you know, we haven't been able to go out as much. There's just different rules about what what we're allowed to do socially and publicly. And so people are forced in into their homes and like literally into their bodies, which, you know, we've seen that there's two sides to that coin. You know, you can really get in touch with it and and make positive changes. And there's people who are like, oh, I'm going to find different ways to numb out, you know? Right. Oh, that's true. I think a lo- even I was doing that a little bit at the beginning of the pandemic. My husband was suddenly home <laughs> and every night was cocktail night. 
He's like, let's have strawberry daiquiris. I'm like, okay. You know, let's have <laughs> why? Okay, it's a Tuesday. What well, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's the let's quarantine. Make some cookies. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I was having quarantinis as well. So I, I think you're right. And then we were like, wait a minute, what are we doing? <laughs> it was not life is we can't just be on permanent vacation every single day. Oh no. And you know, permanent vacation gets kind of boring. So that's true. That's true. My husband is now back to work for now. You know, we're, we're recording this in um, at the end of August. So he started back to school. He's a college professor. So I don't know if they're going to stay there. You know, who knows what's going to happen by the time November rolls around, we'll know. But as of today, we, you know, we don't know. He's had the first case in his class. So they're having to struggle and then what do we do? And who knows? But, um, you know, he was home and now he's back to work and it's just, but it's different. Work is different. Yes. Everything is different. <laughs> it, it really it really is how how has it Im- impacted your work with clients with um well the um, foods and the cooking and when this all began well you know when this all began i was about i was about 30 percent of my business was boutique catering so i do private events and then the rest i was doing you know kind of personal chef delivery to my clients, uh, to like a, about 10 to 12 different families. And as at the beginning, they were so, you know, the, the catering obviously ended. And for all right. of my, all of my um, chef buddies, you know, I have this big network and all of them, just their business, we went from thriving to flat you know, overnight, just oh, overnight. overnight. It's cr- and we had no idea. That's no. what's so crazy. And also it's, and people are starting to, you know, want to have small dinner parties again, but there's, there's concern. I mean, there's, right. you don't necessarily want to walk into that person's home and there's so, so many rules about uh, PPE and, you know, mm-hmm. which I don't hesitate to use or anything, but like, you know, you, you think twice about walking into a stranger's home at this point. Right. So that was like one part. And then the other, so my delivery clients were all super thrilled at the beginning, you know, that, that I was still offering this service. And I am extraordinarily vigilant, you know, when it comes to, and cautious when it comes to that kind of contamination. Frankly, I can't afford to lose my sense of smell. And that we have. Oh, that's true. Uh, that point. is my literally my livelihood. So I might seem on the on the paranoid edge, but mm-hmm. don't take away. You can't take away my ability to take care of my life. So right, you, you know. But they, a lot of them, just went decided to go to more remote areas to avoid avoid the virus. So that kind of quieted down as well. But I I have a couple of clients um, here, and so. I work with primarily one lady and it's working out very well. I mean, we have to adapt. I never thought I would take a private chef job and then I'm, you know, doing some coaching and and meal planning for others on the side at the moment and obviously the book and what have you, but it's changed every single thing. It really has. And I think a lot of listeners can really relate to that because no matter what their job, they're doing it differently than they did it. You know, we talked about my son at the beginning before we started recording. He lives in San Francisco, which is where you live, and he works for Airbnb, and they've had to change, so you know, so much of what they're doing, and yeah. just no matter what your what your job, it's had to change. But intermittent fasting has helped you get through that. 
Oh, my word. I don't think I would have made it through without intermittent fasting just because of that emotional balance and what have you that it brings. I do try to bring it, you know, share it with the the clients and friends and family. Well, you did ask how my food has changed. Yeah. And, you know, when this all started, I went and did, again, my favorite thing to do, which is research and write about uh, different food ingredients that have been proven in other uh, viral situations like H1N1 or even the common cold coronavirus to have antiviral effects. And so I kind of put together this list, uh, just for like seven or 10 foods, you know, like ginger, turmeric, matcha. Uh, what else is on there? Like, is garlic on there? Yes, garlic is 100% on there. Yes. I would have thought. So. <laughs> I, I'll, send, I'll send you the link. It's a, just. I would love that. I, Tell people, do you have it on like a website people can find? I do. It's on mindbodyketo.com. So, okay. and, yeah, so M-I-N-D-B-O-D-Y-K-E-T-O.com. And I know keto is right in there. It's low carb, but not all of uh, the advice really applies to also everybody yeah yeah because everybody's gonna benefit from those ingredients yeah and those are all ingredients i love yes and anything that's gonna be more anti-inflammatory i am incorporating more i'm sprouting i have two different kinds of sprouts going on right now the broccoli sprouts which um has a really high concentration of sulforaphane sulforaphane is this compound that actually prevents uh virus from implanting in your mucous membranes Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So if you can see broccoli more, sprouts, broccoli sprouts have the highest, like any cruciferous vegetable. So you got broccoli, cabbage, your cauliflower, what have you, that they all have sulforaphane, but broccoli sprouts have the highest concentration and can actually prevent you from, or, you know, can lower viral loads if you are exposed to different things. And this has been proven time and time again. I wouldn't tell you this information if it wasn't the top notch best thing ever. I promise. Very cool. Very cool. So broccoli sprouts. How do you grow broccoli sprouts? Uh, you've got broccoli seeds right. and you soak them like you order sprouting seeds and soak them for like six, six hours or something in, in, a, in a mason jar. There's special sprouting lids, but you could use cheesecloth. That's what I used when I when I first started until I bought these like cute little stainless steel mesh things to screw onto the lid. You tip it out and put it in a stand. I, I literally had mine in like a giant vase you know, vase, vase, because I didn't buy the sprouting stands. <laughs> <laughs> and they just sprout? And they and just sprout. You have to rinse them every day, but within three days, they're 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 ready to eat. So it's like- And how have, do you eat them? What do you do with them? I put them into like wraps or into salads or sandwiches, or you can freeze them. It, I guess freezing the broccoli sprouts- increases the sulforaphane. You can add them to your smoothie if you have a smoothie. They're great. You add them to a stir fry. It's just sproutalicious, really. It sounds easy. And you're doing it. You live right in San Francisco, right in the city. I live right in the city. These are just in jars in my living room. Yeah. And you're a gardener yeah. in the city. I'm just <laughs> The reason I wanted to make that point is if you can do that in San Francisco, anybody can do that. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, anybody absolutely can do it. And I, I recommend it. It's it's such a small investment of time for a huge potential health investment. And that's that's what we want, you know. So not you mentioned two. You're doing broccoli sprouts. What's the other? Yeah, the other one is a combination of broccoli, radish, and clover, or as alfalfa, oh, okay. alfalfa sprouts. So it just tastes a little spicier, you Ooh. know. 
So. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Radish, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the sprout, I've never thought, I've never had a radish sprout. Yeah, they're just, you know, they kind of look like, you know, little creatures, I guess. But <laughs> if you've seen them at the store. Oh, yeah. Well, now I want to do some sprouting. That sounds also like it would be therapeutic. It is. It is. And, Gardening. you know, I actually kind of talk to my jars. I'm just like, good morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're looking wonderful today. <laughs> I like to infuse everything I make with like a little extra love because I think there it goes go. out better. You know. That you're sending good good energy to your sprouts. Yes. That's great. Now you mentioned that you had to do some inner work yeah. early in your journey and, and that you were actually grateful to that two and a half year stall where you were maintaining because it let you do that inner work. Can you explain some of that inner work you were talking about? Yes. Okay. Inner work. There's so many facets to it, but it's you know, old beliefs, like one old belief that we just talked about was believing you have to be a certain weight to be acceptable. You know, freeing yourself from the belief that your body can't do something. I had some inner work around grief, you know, my mom had passed away. And uh, safety, like from earlier life, kind of traumatic experiences. And I started incorporating, I wouldn't say started because I started incorporating meditation full time, probably around 2016. But at this point, I was I started to be more diligent about it and uh, incorporate gratitude journaling. And I read a lot more I read a lot, I read a lot of books, um, read books about your subconscious mind, neuroplasticity, like changing your brain, different ways to do it. How does exercise? Help? What are some of the, the your favorite books that have really changed your life? Ooh, favorite. Well, obviously, delay right don't deny. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And I there's one called The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. Okay. The, the power of your subconscious mind. Yes, I do have something from uh, Joe Dispenza. That yeah, I, I have his You Are the Placebo. Have you read that one? No, I haven't read that one yet. Yeah. No, okay. I'll, t- I'll take a, a look. One. I'm going to put it on my list. Um, the Clarity Cleanse. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. That one is by Habib Sadegi, S-A-D-E-G-H-I. And that, the dietary part of it. Mm-hmm. wasn't that interesting to me. I'm going to be brutally honest. He's like, <laughs> apples and sardines. I love sardines and I actually really like apples, but I found the diet, you know, I found the way of eating that works for me. So that, that was... Yeah, I would be really, really skinny if the only foods were yeah. apples and sardines. I mean, yeah. no, he doesn't say they're the only foods, yes. but sardines are absolutely not happening for me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't do fish. Oh, I don't like fish. Really? I like certain shellfish. I like shellfish. Okay. But I don't like fish fish. Okay. Hey, you know, it's might be part of your DNA. I Maybe. We just don't uh, know. We don't know. <laughs> I like potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you could arrange those to look like fish scales if they were sliced you goodly. Go. I could. I could make like a yes. tan. A faux fish. Faux fish. There you go. Excellent. That's what I'll do. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the, what, what did you get from the Clarity Cleanse besides sardines? And- <laughs> that had a lot of really approachable methods to kind of cleanse out uh, negative experiences. So the mm-hmm. the whole purpose of that book is, well, this doctor believes that there's always a psycho-spiritual uh, reason. He's an MD, 
but he talks about the psycho-spiritual reasons behind illnesses. And with his case studies, makes all these different connections between, you know, like throat cancer and the feeling that you are completely unheard or that you're no, you're, people don't want you to speak. Um, and he, wow. yeah, it's really intense. It's like, but it's an enjoyable, it's an enjoyable read at the same time. And then he gives you all these different uh, methods of whether well, it's, it's breath work, uh, different mm-hmm. journaling exercises, speaking exercises that are practical hands-on methods to, to help you move. And I really like the practical hands-on methods. Like another book I really loved, Atomic Habits. Yeah, okay? I've got that on my bedside table oh, right now. So good. And I feel like it gives you the tools. I think, you know, it's great to tell people about an idea. But if you if you don't know how to make a move on the idea, then how are you ever going to like progress? So I, I do like those. So those are a few of the books. Well, I'm going to add the Clarity Cleanse to my to my reading list because that sounds like a great one. I love when an MD gets into that spiritual, you know, the psycho-spiritual kind of realm as you described it because you know, they they realize, you know, once they get to the point where they realize we're not just a machine, yeah. beyond a machine. There's more to us than just, you know, our, our body machine. It's true. We are, you know, like we are wholly physical, obviously. But right. there's also a completely non-physical side. And we're like mm-hmm. shoved into one body. <laughs> so yeah. And we're, we're energy. The, yes. the physical the physical world is energy. You know, my husband, the chemist, he's like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at the, if you go down to the, we're all just energy. So I, I love that. Well, I'm going to have to look for that one and see. So when you work with your clients, you said you mentioned intermittent fasting to them. Have you gotten any of them to start living the lifestyle? Oh, I'll, so many. Like whether it's clients or friends, it's it's kind of the first thing. The great thing, but my favorite thing about intermittent fasting is it does, you don't have to change drastically, right? You can live. I just I want people to have the easiest time possible achieving their goal, whether it's regulating their blood sugar or you know losing fitting back into those size ten jeans. I'm going to stop talking about actual weight loss. I know it's all uh, for a lot of people. It's about weight loss, but I want to focus on other. There's goals. so much more. So that's that's the thing. You know, of course, I started for weight loss, but there's so much more to it that I'm really disappointed when someone only sees it through the lens of weight loss these days, just because we know there's so much more to it. So yeah, but you're right, you don't have to change everything drastically, you make simple tweaks. So if you were telling talking to someone just starting out, what tweaks do you have them make? Okay, well, first, first of all, I asked them, I'm like, how what does your eating day look like? And they're like, Oh, I wake up at six, and I have my coffee. And I'm like, Do you have milk or cream or whatever in it? And they say, Oh, oh yeah, I have like three cups of coffee, but I don't actually eat anything until noon. And I'm like, and I just say, okay, I just let them keep going because I want to hear the full story before I, and then they say, and then I have this for lunch and, and then I'll have this for a snack and then I have this for dinner and then I have this for, you know, after dinner while I'm watching TV and like, you know, so it's, it starts at 6am and it ends at 10pm. Right. You know, so they're doing 16, eight. But the opposite way, they're doing eight, right, you know, and but aren't really fully consciously aware that they're engaging their, you know, their digestive system and their hormones all that time. So the I just start saying by like, how about what would you think about potentially having your coffee black? Right you know? and and I tell them and as I you know, I've been sitting here drinking this coffee, my do you know about the blender trick? I hope you do. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I do know the blender trick. Yeah. It's really funny because, uh, and you know, I have, we're, we're around half a million almost in my intermittent fasting support groups. And it's so funny. Every few days in one of the groups, it's it's only 30,000 members, but someone will say, did you know you could blend? You're like, yes, we've heard that. But yes. thank you. Sorry. <laughs> get so I, excited. I don't know. I'm like, who People knows? People get so but- excited. But but everyone is like, look what I've discovered. So ex- explain the blender trick yes. for people who may not. There a lot of people are not in the Facebook group, so they really may not know. So explain it. Okay, so the blender trick. I figured out the blender trick without know it, like without seeing it anywhere. Because I just one day got this really amazing visual, like vision idea that came from heaven of <laughs> of George Clooney on right? listen of George Clooney on those Nespresso commercials, and I said. You know, and I was like, you know why Italian coffee is so frothy? It's because it's aerated. Exactly. That's all. So, and it's, and I love black, you know, like espresso and out of Nespresso machines or Italy, wherever. Yeah, I have an espresso. I love it. Yes. So I said, okay, why don't I just pour this black coffee into my blender and I do add a pinch of salt. Like that's my like little trick. And then you blend it and it turns into this frothy deliciousness. It's like you bought it. And I'm at this point, I'm sitting here at home using Dunkin' Donuts brand coffee because I'm from New England and it tastes like home to me. Sometimes you don't have to use special coffee. Just put it in your blender. Make sure the lid is on tight. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then blend that baby up. And it's it just comes out perfect. And it makes it blend it while it's still hot. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yes. just checking because some people like to blend iced coffee and some people like to put ice in there and yeah, there's a lot no, of I variation. I tried it yet. And I, the I blender really trick. Should. Yeah, try it. Try it. And you know, people make cold brew and blend it up. There's just so many things you can do. And we should have a whole recipe book of things to do with black <laughs> coffee. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <gasps> to make it more more interesting. Yeah. But it makes it, you know, that so that's like the first suggestion I give to my clients. And then I say, how about we, you know, like, when do you, when are you hungriest during the day? And like, I ask people, when are they hungriest during the day? And they'll usually give me an answer. And I'm like, well, okay, well, let's figure out a window for you then. Like, why don't you start at 10 a.m.? And how do you feel about stopping eating at 6 p.m.? Or, you know, some people it's like 12 to 8 or what have you. I, I tend to start people off at eight hours just for the beginning to get used to it. And I also encourage them to incorporate at least light resistance workouts. Like I'm like, I, if you're starting this, I don't want anyone to endeavor on any new way of eating and a workout regime at the same time. It's just a recipe for, it's like too much at once. Oh, too much too much but like a little like squats or something you know i don't know 30 squats a day or something that's a really nice way to start engaging your muscles and And you don't need any special equipment for that no special equipment but chances are you're gonna you're gonna move your lymph you're gonna move the fluid in your body oh and i also also insist no matter how they're eating that they like try to incorporate more electrolytes just because I feel like as a nation, we're dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. You know, this podcast is supported by FedEx. 
FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Yeah, that makes sense. It's an easy way to, to make that make just a little shift again, just a tiny little change that makes a huge difference long term. So have you had any um, positive health changes besides just, you know, the weight loss and the, the feeling better? Well, yes, the weight loss, fat loss, huge, huge, huge fat loss. I mean, I've decreased by, I don't know, 14%. Like, wow. so when, when I say like, I've lost 65 pounds, I probably lost 85 pounds of fat. See, that's amazing. And you've had that body recomposition because you've built muscle yes. while losing fat. Yes. And so you are way smaller than you've probably been at, at the same weight. And that is so important. Yes. And it does have, like, I know I've mentioned the energy, but I tend to work out fasted. And personally, I do something more along the lines of a, like a, a two mad, you know, like yeah. not quite nomad because two meals a day, two meals a day. And usually in a four to six hour window when I'm feeling really good, eight hours again, when I'm cooking for other people, because you have to accommodate your own life. That is my favorite sure thing do. about IF. It's, it accommodates any life, it co- you know, any schedule. But yes, because I'm targeting things, I want to go after, you know, a workout and, and, you know, spike, I do want to spike the insulin just a little bit or like, but make my body ready for a larger meal. So I'll, I'll do some kind of lean protein and like a really light, lighter carb, and not too much on the fat, because it will, you know, your, your body, the insulin comes out, it's really great for building muscle. I know we kind of make it into a, an, an enemy, but it's really a wonderful, magical it's hormone. It's a storage that we need. building hormone, yes. Yes. right? Yeah. So insulin is not, you know, bad. No. You just don't want high insulin all the time. Yes, exactly. That is bad for our yes. bodies. But yeah, people think that you never want to have any insulin response, and that's not true. No, we we want we we just want healthy insulin responses, right? And we want our body to be able to process all the food that we put in it. So like by starting with that first small meal, it just like 
primes the pump, if you want to say. And then shortly thereafter, like an hour or two thereafter, I will have like a, a proper feast. Right. And again, I, I'm not, I never, I don't count calories. I, I don't, I don't even count my macros. I just eat from the foods that make me feel best. And I know you said you're, you're glad I'm not too dogmatic. How can you be dogmatic about keto during watermelon and stone fruit season? That's cray cray banane, you know? I'm sure there are people who are, right? I know. And congratulations to them. But I'm a chef. Yeah. I'm a chef. I can't, I, right. I just, I can't skip the perfect peach. It's true. And, you know, I'm down here in, in the yes. South. And so we've got this peach country. We're yes. a peach state, literally. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it's it's true. You know, some people will sometimes say, is fruit bad? And I'm like, fruit is not bad. Fruit roll-ups are probably bad. Don't eat those. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> you know, fruit is not the fruit. enemy. Don't eat those. But real foods are not the enemy. The only food that I tell people they 100% should eat, and this goes back to an earlier question, is the food they're allergic to. Like, Correct. And a food that makes your tummy hurt, gives you a rash, makes your lips swell, gives you a migraine, those are, avoid those. Like, it doesn't matter if if you're going to offend somebody by not eating it as well. It's okay to take care of you and feed your body the food that makes it feel good. See, I think that's that's powerful because, you know, you, you work with people with special diets, but you're not attached to everyone should eat this one exact way. You know, you have found that this lower carb approach bordering on keto but not strict makes your body feel the best and there's still room in there for, for non-low carb yeah. <laughs> foods yeah. that from time to time, but you still feel great. But you're not saying everybody that you, you know, are delivering food to should avoid gluten or everyone should avoid a potato. No, I am. I'm very adamant about that. And, you know, when people are talking about going gluten free for health reasons or something, and I said, well, does it make you feel bad? Because let me tell you, I prefer that you eat an extra croissant for me because I miss them. (laughs) Right. Like, it's okay. It's, it's the it's being relaxed about what is going to your body and choosing the things that are good for you. And oh, this is why I brought it up. It's because there are like a very small percentage of people who fruit is not good for if they have salicylate allergies, right? You know, that's true. My son, my younger son, who um, also has shellfish allergies, he can't have shellfish. When he was younger, we had to avoid all salicylates because they affect his behavior. Oh, wow. Or they did. He's grown out of a lot of that, but he had a lot of food sensitivities. And we followed a protocol called the Feingold diet. Have you heard of that? I haven't heard I of think that. He, he's from, I think he was from California, but it was a protocol for children that had, you know, ADHD and certain behavior issues. And we found that certain foods, you know, artificial flavors, artificial colors, and salicylates yes. really affected this son. It was things like, you know, apple. He couldn't do apple. He drank pear juice instead. That was fine. So, yeah, I'm familiar with all or those salicylate have, like, foods. Peeled red delicious apple, I think, is okay. A very rare banana. Like, <laughs> I mean, he like, could do bananas, but it, bananas he could eat. But it was striking the difference yes. that it made for him with, with his behavior and, and the way he felt. And thank goodness, like I said, he's outgrown the need to watch his salicylates. But I, I absolutely saw that firsthand. And at first, my family thought I was crazy. I'm like, he can have pear juice, but not apple juice. He can't have grape juice. They're like, you're crazy. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm like I promise, Isn't I'm not. It? See, it's great. It's I'm I'm so glad you're you're aware of it too. It's just oh it's, yeah, it's really important. Well, I mean, we understand. Like for example, people have aspirin allergy. Yeah, aspirin yes. is a salicylate, exactly. and so you know if you have if you understand that people can be allergic to aspirin, then certainly people can be affected by other foods. It's like a natural plant. Phytochemical, yeah. That yeah, but it it keeps. I think it helps. It protects the plant against insects. Like it's a repellent kind of a thing. So some people react to it. Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. Yay! But yeah, if you have trouble with apples, don't eat apples. But (laughs) if you don't, enjoy the apple. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. And now I want to have like a a peach cobbler and an apple pie. (laughs) (laughs) And you can in your window. Hey. (laughs) I sure can. Tell us about your book. Tell us what's in there. Okay. As of the time that we are recording this, it is not out yet. But by the time the podcast comes out, it will be available. So tell us about it. Yes. So it's called Intermittent Fasting Cookbook. And it really is, it's about celebrating food in, in all honesty. So the beginning is just a short overview of different methods of intermittent fasting. And then we work into the second part, which is about the feasting, which is, you know, from a chef point of view and someone who's all about nutritional, you know, healing and helping people like find the right foods for them. I had so much fun writing it. And like, I just want people to, if you're, if you're only going to eat a couple times a day, or one one time a day, however much. I think we should get as m- much bang for our nutritional buck as we can. So it I needs to be window worthy, win- yes. both in taste and nutrition. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You you got it. So I you know wrote about the different colors of foods and the the different um, vitamins and minerals and everything that that is indicated by the colors of vegetables. Um, I wrote about the foods that are the most filling. There's, you know, there's studies out there, like what is going to satisfy you most. So, and give us some of that, like, what are some of the most filling foods? <laughs> we talked about it all the time. It's not keto, but potatoes are one of them. <laughs> See, that's, I, I'm, I'm funny that you said that because that is absolutely one of the most satisfying foods for me. Yes. Potatoes satisfy me and fill me up and I feel great when I eat them. Potatoes are one of my like weak points. I, I don't indulge too often, but I have a favorite quote from Dolly Parton. And she said, uh-huh. every diet I ever failed was because of potatoes. It's not direct, I, I, but it's true. There's so many ways to make them. Anyhow, so potatoes are one, you know, like I think broth is in there. There's uh, cruciferous veggies. It's just things that are going to fill up your tummy, but aren't necessarily hugely calorically dense. Right. And so you, I've got a section on that. And then you combine it with like the what foods are the most nutrient dense, which ones are going to offer you the most. And we talked about different foods that, that, you know, combinations. And then ultimately, then there's like 80 something recipes that incorporate all of these colorful, anti-inflammatory filling ingredients. Super tasty because, well, I love food. I'm a chef. I love food. I've traveled, you know, I I come from a background of um, yacht chefing, actually. So I sailed all over the world and ate everywhere and learned how to make these things, you know, with, with local chefs wherever I could. And I, I had a really fun time in that, that part of my life, but it, it, it influenced my, um, my recipe writing for sure. So you were on sailing yacht? Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of my guilty pleasures, I'm going to admit it. Do you watch the Bravo series <laughs> Below Deck? 
Do you watch it? I I don't watch it. I've watched a few episodes. <laughs> I now people are probably like, "What you watch?" It? Yes, that's one of my guilty pleasures. Everyone- below deck, and they had below deck sailing yacht. I'm oh, like, yeah. wow. Or <laughs> it is a really fun show. It is a really fun show, and I'm I'm not smashing it. Don't you worry. Like I love no. it. A, a lot of people I know watch it, but um, it's a different perspective on on yachting i'll just put it that way like there's okay there's some other things that go on behind the scenes and pretty much every person i every person i've worked with in yachting could write an absolutely insane memoir i bet i bet and well the whole restaurant world is like that too yeah. you know the whole service industry i um my husband and i met waiting tables in oh, a restaurant no way. Oh my when gosh. we were 19 and 20 you know, we've been together ever since that summer of 1990 but that's a long time but um you know, a lot goes on behind the scenes. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. And then throw in to the fact that the kitchen is moving. And right. that, oh, yes. And that you have, like, you're in the most exclusive remote places in the world. And your clientele expect the very yes. best because they've paid for it. Yes. And then throw, uh, the final thing is you've got a crew who are completely like-minded, adventurous people mm-hmm. who are willing to leave their home and live on a boat for 11 months of the year. And, and, and well, that could be that. your next book. Oh, God. All. <laughs> True confessions of a <gasps> yacht show. Tempting. Tempting. All the below deck people would read it. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I met, I met one of the, I met, who is it? Chef Adam. Uh, last I love Chef yes. Adam. See, that's so funny. I love him. We went to, he's uh, from, he's from England. No, no, no. Adam is not the one from England. That's Ben. Yes, that's Ben. ben. From England. Adam's the, the tattooed one. He, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was in Newport, at, uh, Rhode Island, and, and I have family there. And he was part of a group of us that went to see Toots and the Maytals, little reggae love concert it. there. It's love so it. fun. Good dude. Really good dude. Well, we are almost out of time. So in, in 60 seconds or less, what would you tell someone just starting off with intermittent fasting? One, this is going to change your life. You just need to give it a little bit of time. Like mm-hmm. trust the process, enjoy the process and start slow. I mean, you have the rest of your life to figure it out. Yes, right? exactly. You do. You have the rest of your life to figure it out and you, you don't have to do everything right all at once. That's true. It's an, very much a study of one, an experimental. So how can people connect with you? Your website is? I have mindbodyketo.com is my website. And I have an Instagram account attached to that, which is Instagram, you know, at the at mind underscore body underscore keto. And yeah, those are the two top ways to get in touch with me. And I, I hope to hear from you. It'd be really fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. And best of luck with the new book. I know that you're waiting for that like a new baby. And um, I can't wait to hold it in my hand. I know. I can't wait to get it to you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Bye-bye. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on.
Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast.